Section 15 of the Journals of Robert Falcon Scott Volume 1 by Robert Falcon Scott This is a LibriVox recording. Section 15 Chapter 7 A Discovery Hut Part 1 Monday, March the 6th, A.M. Roused the hands at 7.30, Wilson, Bowers, Garrard, and I went out to Castle Rock. We met Evans just short of his camp, and found the loads had been dragged up the hill. Oates and Keon had gone back to lead on the ponies. At the top of the ridge we harnessed men and ponies to the sledges, and made rapid progress on a good surface towards the hut. The weather grew very thick towards the end of the march, with all signs of a blizzard. We unharnessed the ponies at the top of Ski Slope. Wilson guided them down from rock patch to rock patch. The remainder of us got down a sledge and necessaries over the slope. It was a ticklish business to get the sledge along the ice foot, which is now all blue ice, ending in a drop to the sea. One has to be certain that the party has good foothold. All reach the hut in safety. The ponies have admirably comfortable quarters under the veranda. After some cocoa we fetched in the rest of the dogs from the gap, and another sledge from the hill. It had ceased to snow, and the wind had gone down slightly, turned in with much relief to have all hands and the animals safely housed. Tuesday, March the 7th, A.M. Yesterday went over to Pram Point with Wilson. We found that the corner of sea ice in Pram Point Bay had not gone out. It was crowded with seals. We killed a young one, and carried a good deal of the meat and some of the blubber back with us. Meanwhile the remainder of the party had made some progress towards making the hut more comfortable. In the afternoon we all set to, in earnest, and by supper-time had wrought wonders. We have made a large L-shaped inner apartment with packing-cases. The intervals stopped with felt. An empty kerosene tin and some fire-bricks have been made into an excellent little stove which has been connected to the old stove-pipe. The solid affair of our meals is either stewed or fried on this stove, whilst the tea or coffee is being prepared on a primus. The temperature of the hut is low, of course, but in every other respect we are absolutely comfortable. There is an unlimited quantity of biscuit, and our discovery at Pram Point means an unlimited supply of seal-meat. We have heaps of cocoa, coffee and tea, and a sufficiency of sugar and salt. In addition, a small store of luxuries—chocolate, raisins, lentils, oatmeal, sardines, and jams—which will serve to vary the fare. One way or another, we shall manage to be very comfortable during our stay here, and already we can regard it as a temporary home. Thursday, March the ninth, A.M. Yesterday and today very busy about the hut and overcoming difficulties fast. The stove threatened to exhaust our store of firewood. We have redesigned it so that it takes only a few chips of wood to light it, and then continues to give great heat with blubber alone. Today there are to be further improvements to regulate the draught and increase the cooking range. We have further housed in the living quarters with our old discovery winter awning, and begin already to retain the heat which is generated inside. We are beginning to eat blubber and finding biscuits fried in it to be delicious. We really have everything necessary for our comfort, 
and only need a little more experience to make the best of our resources. The weather has been wonderfully, perhaps ominously, fine during the last few days. The sea has frozen over and broken up several times already. The warm sun has given a grand opportunity to dry all gear. Yesterday morning Bowers went with a party to pick up the stores rescued from the flow last week. Evans volunteered to join the party with Mears, Kean, Atkinson and Gran. They started from the hut about 10 a.m. We helped them up the hill, and at 7.30 I saw them reach the camp containing the gear some twelve miles away. I don't expect them in till tomorrow night. It is splendid to see the way in which everyone is learning the ropes and the resource which is being shown. Wilson, as usual, leads in the making of useful suggestions, and in generally providing for our wants. He is a tower of strength in checking the ill usage of clothes, what I have come to regard as the greatest danger with Englishmen. Friday, March the 10th, a.m. Went yesterday to Castle Rock with Wilson to see what chance there might be of getting to Cape Evans. The day was bright, and it was quite warm walking in the sun. There is no doubt the route to Cape Evans lies over the worst corner of Erebus. From this distance the whole mountainside looks a mass of crevasses, but a route might be found at a level of 3,000 or 4,000 feet. The hut is getting warmer and more comfortable. We have very excellent nights. It is cold only in the early morning. The outside temperatures range from 8 degrees or so in the day to 2 degrees at night. Today there is a strong southeast wind with drift. We are going to fetch more blubber for the stove. Saturday, March the 11th, a.m. Went yesterday morning to Pram Point to fetch in blubber. Wind very strong to gap, but very little on Pram Point side. In the evening went halfway to Castle Rock. Strong, bitter, cold wind on summit. Could not see the sledge party but after supper they arrived, having had very hard pulling. They had had no wind at all till they approached the hut. Their temperatures had fallen to minus ten degrees and minus fifteen degrees, but with bright clear sunshine in the daytime. They had thoroughly enjoyed their trip, and the pulling on ski. Life in the hut is much improved, but if things go too fast, there will be all too little to think about and give occupation in the hut. It is astonishing how the miscellaneous assortment of articles remaining in and about the hut have been put to useful purpose. This deserves description. Monday, March the 13th, a.m. The weather grew bad on Saturday night, and we had a mild blizzard yesterday. The wind went to the south and increased in force last night, and this morning there was quite a heavy sea breaking over the ice foot. The spray came almost up to the dogs. It reminds us of the gale in which we drove ashore in the Discovery. We have had some trouble with our blubber stove, and got the hut very full of smoke on Saturday night. As a result, we are all as black as sweeps, and our various garments are covered with oily soot. We look a fearful gang of ruffians. The blizzard has delayed our plans, and everyone's attention is bent on the stove, the cooking, and the various internal arrangements. Nothing is done without a great amount of advice received from all quarters, and consequently things are pretty well done. The hut has a pungent odour of blubber and blubber smoke. We have grown accustomed to it, but imagine that ourselves and our clothes will be given a wide berth when we return to Cape Evans. 
Wednesday, March the 15th, a.m. It was blowing continuously from the south throughout Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I never remember such a persistent southerly wind. Both Monday and Tuesday I went up Crater Hill. I feared that our flow at Pram Point would go, but yesterday it still remained, though the cracks are getting more open. We should be in a hole if it went. As I came down the hill yesterday, I saw a strange figure advancing, and found it belonged to Griffith Taylor. He and his party had returned safely. They were very full of their adventures. The main part of their work seems to be rediscovery of many facts, which were noted but perhaps passed over too lightly in the discovery. But it is certain that the lessons taught by the physiographical and ice features will now be thoroughly explained. A very interesting fact lies in the continuous bright sunshiny weather which the party enjoyed during the first four weeks of their work. They seem to have avoided all our stormy winds and blizzards. But I must leave Griffith Taylor to tell his own story, which will certainly be a lengthy one. The party gives Evans, petty officer, a very high character. Today we have a large seal-killing party. I hope to get in a good fortnight's allowance of blubber, as well as meat, and pray that our flow will remain. Friday, March the 17th, A.M. We killed eleven seals at Pram Point on Wednesday, had lunch on the point, and carried some half-ton of the blubber and meat back to the camp. It was a stiff pull up the hill. Yesterday the last corner party started. Evans, Wright, Crean, and Ford in one team, Bowers, Oates, Cherry Garrard, and Atkinson in the other. It was very sporting of Wright to join in after only a day's rest. He is evidently a splendid puller. Debenham has become principal cook, and evidently enjoys the task. Taylor is full of good spirits and anecdote, an addition to the party. Yesterday, after a beautifully fine morning, we got a strong northerly wind which blew till the middle of the night, crowding the young ice up the strait. Then the wind suddenly shifted to the south, and I thought we were in for a blizzard, but this morning the wind has gone to the south-east. The stratus cloud, formed by the north wind, is dissipating, and the damp snow deposited in the night is drifting. It looks like a fine evening. Steadily we are increasing the comforts of the hut. The stove has been improved out of all recognition. With extra stove-pipes we get no backdrafts, no smoke inside, whilst the economy of fuel is much increased. Insulation inside and out is the subject we are now attacking. The young ice is going to and fro, but the sea refuses to freeze over so far, except in the region of Pram Point, where a bay has remained for some four days, holding some pieces of barrier in its grip. These pieces have come from the edge of the barrier, and some are crumbling already, showing a deep and rapid surface deposit of snow, and therefore the probability that they are drifted sea ice, not more than a year or two old, the depth of the drift being due to proximity to an old barrier edge. I have just taken to pyjama trousers, and shall don an extra shirt. I have been astonished at the warmth which I have felt throughout in light clothing. So far I have had nothing more than a singlet and jersey and a pyjama jacket, and a single pair of drawers under wind trousers. A hole in the drawers of ancient date means that one place has had no covering but the wind trousers, yet I have never felt cold about the body. In spite of all little activities, I am impatient of our wait here, but I shall be impatient also in the main hut. It is ill to sit still and contemplate the ruin which has assailed our transport. 
The scheme of advance must be very different from that which I first contemplated. The pole is a very long way off, alas! Bit by bit I am losing all faith in the dogs. I am afraid they will never go the pace we look for. Saturday, March the 18th, a.m. Still blowing and drifting. It seems as though there can be no peace at this spot till the sea is properly frozen over. It blew very hard from the south-east yesterday. I could scarcely walk against the wind. In the night it fell calm. The moon shone brightly at midnight. Then the sky became overcast, and the temperature rose to plus eleven. Now the wind is coming in spurts from the south. All indications of a blizzard. With the north wind of Friday, the ice must have pressed up on Hut Point. A considerable flow of pressed-up young ice is grounded under the point, and this morning we found a seal on this. Just as the party started out to kill it, it slid off into the water. It had evidently finished its sleep, but it is encouraging to have had a chance to capture a seal so close to the hut. Monday, March the 20th. On Saturday night it blew hard from the south, thick overhead low stratus and drift. The sea spray again came over the ice foot, and flung up almost to the dogs. By Sunday morning the wind had veered to the south-east, and all yesterday it blew with great violence, and temperature down to minus eleven degrees and minus twelve degrees. We were confined to the hut and its immediate environs. Last night the wind dropped, and for a few hours this morning we had light airs only, the temperature rising to minus two degrees. The continuous bad weather is very serious for the dogs. We have strained every nerve to get them comfortable, but the changes of wind made it impossible to afford shelter in all directions. Some five or six dogs are running loose, but we dare not allow the stronger animals such liberty. They suffer much from the cold, but they don't get worse. The small white dog which fell into the crevasse on our home journey died yesterday. Under the best circumstances I doubt if it could have lived, as there had evidently been internal injury, and an external sore had grown gangrenous. Three other animals are in a poor way, but May pulled through with luck. We had a stroke of luck to-day. The young ice, pressed up off Hut Point, has remained fast, a small convenient platform jutting out from the point. We found two seals on it to-day and killed them thus getting a good supply of meat for the dogs, and some more blubber for our fire. Other seals came up as the first two were being skinned, so that one may now hope to keep up all future supplies on this side of the ridge. As I write, the wind is blowing up again, and looks like returning to the south. The only comfort is that these strong cold winds, with no sun, must go far to cool the waters of the sound. The continuous bad weather is trying to the spirits, but we are fairly comfortable in the hut, and only suffer from lack of exercise to work off the heavy meals our appetites demand. Tuesday, March the 21st. The wind returned to the south at eight last night. It gradually increased in force until two a.m., when it was blowing from the south-south-west, force nine to ten. The sea was breaking constantly and heavily on the ice foot. The spray carried right over the point covering all things, and raining on the roof of the hut. Poor Vince's cross, some thirty foot above the water, was enveloped in it. Of course the dogs have had a very poor time, and been went and released two or three, getting covered in spray during the operation, our wind clothes very wet. This is the third gale from the south since our arrival here. 
any one of these would have rendered the bay impossible for a ship, and therefore it is extraordinary that we should have entirely escaped such a blow when the discovery was in it in 1902. The effects of this scale are evident, and show that it is a most unusual occurrence. The rippled snow surface of the ice foot is furrowed in all directions, and covered with briny deposit, a condition we have never seen before. The ice foot at the southwest corner of the bay is broken down, bare rock appearing for the first time. The sledges, magnetic huts, and in fact every exposed object on the point, are thickly covered with brine. Our seal flow has gone so it is good-bye to seals on this side for some time. The dogs are the main sufferers by this continuance of phenomenally terrible weather. At least four are in a bad state. Some six or seven others are by no means fit and well, but oddly enough some ten or a dozen animals are as fit as they can be, whether constitutionally harder or whether better fitted by nature or chance to protect themselves, it is impossible to say. Osman, Sijan, Kristravitsa, Hohol, and some others are in a first-rate condition, whilst Lapa is better than he has ever been before. It is so impossible to keep the dogs comfortable in the traces, and so laborious to be continually attempting it, that we have decided to let the majority run loose. It will be wonderful if we can avoid one or two murders, but on the other hand probably more would die if we kept them in leash. We shall try and keep the quarrelsome dogs chained up. The main trouble that seems to come on the poor wretches is the icing up of their hind quarters. Once the ice gets thoroughly into the coat, the hind legs get half paralysed with cold. The hope is that the animals will free themselves of this by running about. Well, well, fortune is not being very kind to us. This month we'll have sad memories. Still, I suppose things might be worse. The ponies are well housed and are doing exceedingly well though we have slightly increased their food allowance. Yesterday afternoon we climbed Observation Hill to see some examples of spheroidal weathering. Wilson knew of them, and guided. The geologists state that they indicate a columnar structure, the tops of the columns being weathered out. The specimens we saw were very perfect, had some interesting instruction in geology in the evening. I should not regret a stay here with our two geologists if only the weather would allow us to get about. This morning the wind moderated and went to the southeast. The sea naturally fell quickly. The temperature this morning was plus seventeen degrees, minimum plus eleven degrees. But now the wind is increasing from the southeast, and it is momentarily getting colder. Thursday, March the twenty-third, a.m. No signs of depot party, which to-night will have been a week absent. On Tuesday afternoon we went up to the big boulder above Ski Slope. The geologists were interested, and we others learned something of the olivines, green in crystal form, or oxidised to bright red, granites, or granulites, or quartzites, hornblende and feldspars, ferrous and ferric oxides of lava acid, basic, plutonic, igneous, eruptive, cysts, basalts, etc., all such things I must get clearer in my mind. Tuesday afternoon a cold southeast wind commenced, and blew all night. Yesterday morning it was calm, and I went up Crater Hill. The sea of stratus cloud hung curtain-like over the strait, blue sky east and south of it, and the western mountains bathed in sunshine, sharp, 
clear, distinct, a glorious glimpse of grandeur, on which the curtain gradually descended. In the morning it looked as though great pieces of barrier were drifting out. From the hill one found these to be but small fragments which the late gale had dislodged, leaving in places a blue wall, very easily distinguished from the general white of the older fractures. The old flow and a good extent of new ice had remained fast in Pram Point Bay, great numbers of seals up as usual. The temperature was up to plus twenty degrees at noon. In the afternoon a very chill wind from the east, temperature rapidly dropping till zero in the evening. The strait obstinately refuses to freeze. We are scoring another success in the manufacture of blubber lamps, which relieves anxiety as to lighting as the hours of darkness increase. The young ice in Pram Point Bay is already being pressed up. Friday, March the 24th, A.M. Skewers still about, a few very shy, very dark in colour after molting. Went along arrival heights yesterday with very keen overage wind. It was difficult to get shelter. In the evening it fell calm, and has remained all night with temperature up to plus eighteen degrees. This morning it is snowing with fairly large flakes. Yesterday, for the first time, we saw the ice foot on the south side of the bay, a wall some five or six feet above water, and twelve or fourteen feet below. The sea bottom quite clear, with the white wall resting on it. This must be typical of the ice foot all along the coast, and the wasting of caves at sea level alone gives the idea of an overhanging mass. Very curious and interesting erosion of surface of the ice foot by waves during recent gale. The depot party returned yesterday morning. They had thick weather on the outward march and missed the track, finally doing thirty miles between safety camp and corner camp. They had a hard blow, up to force eight on the night of our gale, started northwest, and strongest south-south-east. The sea wants to freeze. A thin coating of ice formed directly the wind dropped, but the high temperature does not tend to thicken it rapidly, and the tide makes many an open lead. We have been counting our resources and arranging for another twenty days' stay. Saturday, March the 25th, A.M. We have had two days of surprisingly warm weather. The sky overcast, snow falling, wind only in light airs. Last night the sky was clearing with a southerly wind, and this morning the sea was open all about us. It is disappointing to find the ice so reluctant to hold. At the same time one supposes that the cooling of the water is proceeding, and therefore that each day makes it easier for the ice to form. The sun seems to have lost all power, but I imagine its rays still tend to warm the surface water about the noon hours. It is only a week now to the date which I thought would see us all at Cape Evans. The warmth of the air has produced a comparatively uncomfortable state of affairs in the hut. The ice on the inner roof is melting fast, dripping on the floor and streaming down the sides. The increasing cold is checking the evil, even as I write. Comfort could only be ensured in the hut either by making a clean sweep of all sealing ice, or by keeping the interior at a critical temperature, little above freezing point. Sunday, March the 26th, P.M. Yesterday morning went along arrival heights in very cold wind. Afternoon to east side Observation Hill. As afternoon advanced, wind fell. Glorious evening, absolutely calm, smoke ascending straight. Sea frozen over, 
It looked very much like final freezing, but in night wind came from south-east producing open water all along shore. Wind continued this morning with drift, slackened in afternoon, walked over gap and back by crater heights to arrival heights. Sea east of Cape Armitage pretty well covered with ice, some open pools. Sea offshore west of the Cape frozen in pools, open lanes close to shore as far as Castle Rock. Bays either side of Glacier Tongue look fairly well frozen. Hut still dropping water badly. Held service in hut this morning. Red litany. One skewer seen today. Monday, March the 27th, p.m. Strong easterly wind on ridge today, rushing down over slopes on western side. Ice holding south from about Hut Point, that cleared half to three-quarters of a mile from shore to northward. Cleared in patches also, I am told, on both sides of Glacier Tongue, which is annoying. A regular local wind. The barrier edge can be seen clearly all along, showing there is little or no drift. Have been out over the gap for walk. Glad to say, majority of people seem anxious to get exercise, but one or two like the fire better. The dogs are getting fitter each day, and all save one or two have excellent coats. I am very pleased to find one or two of the animals voluntarily accompanying us on our walk. It is good to see them trotting against a strong drift. Tuesday, March the 28th. Slowly but surely the sea is freezing over. The ice holds and thickens south of Hut Point, in spite of strong easterly wind, and in spite of isolated water-holes which obstinately remain open. It is difficult to account for these. One wonders if the air-currents shoot downward on such places, but even so it is strange that they do not gradually diminish in extent. A great deal of ice seems to have remained in and about the northern islands, but it is too far to be sure that there is a continuous sheet. We are building stabling to accommodate four more ponies under the eastern veranda. When this is complete we shall be able to shelter seven animals, and this should be enough for winter and spring operations. Thursday, March the 30th. The ice holds south of Hut Point, though not thickening rapidly. Yesterday was calm, and the same ice conditions seem to obtain on both sides of the glacier tongue. It looks as though the last part of the road, to become safe, will be the stretch from Hut Point to Turtleback Island. Here the sea seems disinclined to freeze, even in calm weather. Today there is more strong wind from the east, white horse all along under the ridge. The period of our stay here seems to promise to lengthen. It is trying trying, but we can live, which is something. I should not be greatly surprised if we had to wait till May. Several skewers were about the camp yesterday. I have seen none today. Two rockwalls were rising close to Hut Point this morning. Although the ice is nowhere thick, it was strange to see them making for the open leads and thin places to blow. End of chapter 7, part 1